This episode of Nocturne is supported by Inked Gaming. When the sun goes down and it's time to relax and play, many of us get excited for games. Maybe you have a local gaming store to get your mouse pads, play mats, dice bags, and other essential gaming goods. But for everyone else, a great option is Inked Gaming. They're a one-stop shop built by and for people who love games. Inked Gaming has a wide variety of awesome pre-designed artwork in their collection, all from talented, independent artists from around the world. And all artists on Inked Gaming receive a commission for sales with their designs. Inked also makes custom products that you can personalize with your own unique style. So if you're looking for a gift for your game night crew, friend, or just a way to make your own gaming setup a little cooler, check them out. Inked is giving Nocturne listeners 10% off. All you have to do is head over to inkedgaming.com nocturne and use the code nocturne when you're ready to check out. The discount will then automatically apply to your order. Again, that's inkedgaming.com nocturne and use the code nocturne. Hub and Spoke. Audio Collective. Listening to Nocturne, I'm Vanessa Lowe. When I was way too young, I came across a novel by Harold Robbins. I don't remember which one, but it was chock full of sex and other adult themes, and it made me feel worldly and grown up, and also like I was doing something vaguely naughty by peeking into the secret universe of adults without permission. I had a sense that my parents' pride in my advanced reading level would likely be superseded by their disapproval of the illicit content I was newly discovering. I also had my own suspicion that my immersion in this book was possibly releasing a genie that could never be put back. I didn't care. Rachel Young had a similar experience, although the nature of her foray into the inner world of adults was arguably more immersive, interesting, and disturbing than Harold Robbins'. To be a kid and to get to glimpse the murky, unconscious nighttime wanderings of real grown-up minds can be a riveting and terrifying thing. Dreams made simple and easy to use. Unlock their hidden secrets. I'm Rachel Young, and as a child, I was secretly obsessed with the Dream Doctor. Your dreams are talking to you. Discover their true meaning. The Dream Doctor Show. 877-77-DREAM. That's our toll-free number, The Dream Doctors Show. I was 10 years old, and I found this pocket radio somewhere in my dad's home office, probably in a bunch of clutter on his desk. To me, it was so cute. It was like one of those freebies from a work conference. It was this little gray rectangle of plastic, and it had some like logo of some company on the side. It fit right in my palm, and it was the closest thing I'd ever seen to an MP3 player or anything like that, and I thought it was so cool. I I was always the kind of kid who had a hard time falling asleep. I would be up, out of bed, like bugging my parents every night, just like 
couldn't fall asleep, didn't want to sleep. What are you guys doing? Can I watch TV with you? I was always maybe like staying up reading under the covers and just a real night owl, like didn't want to succumb to the night. If I was awake, I was thinking and not wanting to miss out on the rest of what could be waking hours. And so I'm sure that it was like what I thought at the time was a mature decision to like experiment with listening to something to help me fall asleep. I probably sort of scanned the dial and maybe a few nights in a row stumbled on this guy interpreting people's dreams. And I don't remember if I tried even listening to like music or something normal. Um, <laughs> but this is what stuck. Dreams, dreams. They dominate our sleep with engaging but bizarre little movies. Good evening. You're listening to The Dream Doctor. I'm Charles McPhee. Thanks very much for being with us tonight. It's a different kind of radio show. Every weeknight we get together, we unlock the hidden secrets of your dreams. This was on, I think, from 9 p.m. to midnight. My goal for you as a faithful listener to The Dream Doctor show is that you ought to be able to understand all of your dreams every day when you wake up from them. It could very well be that I spent like a couple weeks listening to this show every single night and then, you know, it was a passing phase. Or it could be that I spent a whole year listening to it somewhat regularly, a few times a week. I've like lost the part of my child brain that has a sense of the time. It entitles me having a threesome with my boyfriend and a girl. He had this very soothing voice. And have you talked with him about these dreams? Have you? Ex- yeah, I've told him about the dreams, and he jokes around, and he says, oh, well, what would it take to get another woman here? And A lot of the time it was really intimate. So you really think that maybe he's attracted outside of the relationship? Yes. But you don't want to give him up, do you? No. It's like a level of yeah, intimacy of that I, like, wasn't ready for, maybe. And then, you know, of course he gets turned on by the fact that I have these dreams. I always tell him, you're crazy. I, no, I would never do that. I don't know that I, you know, had the tools or the, the information to understand some of what I was hearing. Because I don't want him to know that I would. <laughs> it seemed like... I don't, I don't know. I Often don't people were calling in very distressed. My husband was getting these men, killing him, and then when we get in a car to go somewhere, I have a dead body in the backseat of my car. And these were maybe dreams that they'd had multiple times that were occurring. I was a passenger in a car. It was going very fast, and the car was out of control. Or they were just dreams that had been very troubling to them. My lover cut my hair off. I don't know where I'm falling from, but I never land. In fact, I'm sure that there were just people who called in with, um, you know, like kind of your run-of-the-mill strange dream that's not too troubling, but it's just interesting or goofy. In my dream, I, all I'm doing is masturbating. I dream that I'm with a woman. I can't see her face. But really the ones that stuck with me and that made me feel, I think, the most on edge were the ones where grown-ups were calling in and sounding quite desperate for answers. And so desperate, in fact, that they were sharing like these deeply personal, intimate stories. It was a woman who had betrayed me with a man probably 20 years ago. And then sharing more and more about themselves as the, as the call continued. My divorce happened because of an affair. That romance that I once felt for her that I had at one point isn't as strong as it used to be. It was 
a lot of verbal abuse over at least 15 to 20 years. I do remember one where it, a woman called in and there was a dream that she was having about like a leaky faucet, I think, in her home. And the anxiety that she felt about the sink overflowing and looking for like, what does this dream mean? I have had this dream a few times. I'm holding the baby in one arm and her room starts filling up with water. It was almost like as if by magic or something. The dream doctor would ask the right questions. You're dreaming about having an affair, oh. more or less, aren't you? Basically. Mm. About and, what relationships people on. had in their lives or uh, things that had been troubling them. And the somehow this guy could always figure out, like, it always felt like he just had the answer. And once he gave an answer, well, obviously this is about your son's addiction. You've been getting frustrated with yourself. Yeah. Do you, you understand that that's the real meaning of the dream? You're like, what, what's the matter with me? How come I can't get anything done? How come I can't be effective? Yeah, that's pretty much my life with everything. The person on the line would be like, oh, yes, that's exactly right. And and then they would volunteer like even more personal information about like traumas that they'd experienced or recent developments in this area of their life that felt so personal and... It really felt like something that, like, as a kid, you know you're not supposed to be listening to. But there's almost nothing more irresistible for a kid than something you're not supposed to hear. I think probably the reason that I got hooked on this and the reason that I kept listening was because I was nosy. (laughs) And because, of course, this was just so unfiltered that it was just incredibly intriguing, I guess. Yeah, there was something about it that felt almost dirty. I mean, it was on the radio. It wasn't really, like, explicit stuff, but, like, you just know. You're a kid, and you're like, this isn't for kids. It did feel like listening to a wiretap, it just felt far too intimate to have broadcast out there for anyone to listen to. It just felt wrong that, like, some random kid in Minnesota could be privy to the deep-seated anxieties and, like, the uglier sides of people's subconsciouses and these people had no idea that I was there hearing this at a likely a very formative time clearly a very formative time in my life and that it was gonna like be stuff that would stick with me there are a bunch of big black mean looking dogs and they just are growling and snarling at me and chasing me and ripping me apart and just biting me. And I think I was still at an age where I just believed that my parents had things figured out and didn't experience these kinds of stresses or anxieties or maybe didn't even like understand that those were emotions that would develop into adult emotions in myself. So I think this was like my first experience sort of seeing this kind of unfiltered version of the adult psyche (laughs) and feeling like, what? Like, what is this? Snakes start coming out of the ground and one bites me. And I try telling people I've been bitten by a snake, help, they ignore me. When you're a kid, you really want to know, like, what are grown-ups like when kids aren't around? You want to know, like, how how do they talk about stuff and how do they talk about themselves? It's not like I was 
meaningfully participating in this in any way. Like, it's not like I was calling in or anything. But even as a listener, doing this completely by myself at a time when I wasn't even supposed to be awake made me feel a little bit in charge. I was the oldest of four sisters and was always being told that I was so mature and that I was so responsible. And I was <laughs> like very serious and took myself really seriously. And I think, you know, from a young age, I considered myself to be like much closer to adulthood than childhood. <laughs> and I think it was also, you know, I was sharing a room with my little sisters and our room was like, cute it had butterfly stamps on the on the walls and like butterfly curtains and it was yellow and purple and it was very cutesy we all had matching bedspreads and you know I think I was just starting to feel a lot more mature than everything around me and more mature than my sisters and wanting to like sit at the adult table and wanting to participate in those conversations but you know obviously not having like maturity that I thought that I had this was kind of like the window in to even like, what do adults continue talking about and doing after I go to sleep? But the window in not being, you know, the comfort of my family room in my house where my parents were folding laundry, eating some ice cream, watching the news. But instead, this like far more unsettling conversation among strangers about very deeply personal anxieties. I have to go to the bathroom, and every restroom I go in is absolutely filthy, stinking, dirty. The toilets are overflowing with feces. Bathrooms and dreams, um, they, they symbolize private issues in our waking lives. Rachel had discovered a window into the world of adults that she hadn't known existed. And once she went through it, she wasn't prepared for what she found. It almost felt like a House of Mirrors sort of version of what I wanted. There was something scary even about hearing the dreams, and I don't fully understand why. But maybe the fact that the dreams themselves are so inscrutable and so troubling to these people, like, it kind of felt like watching a scary movie. This giant claw reached through the ceiling and grabbed my friend. I have this huge snake in my belly. It's not only like the strangeness of the adult subconscious and adult situations and adult problems, but it's also the way that those show up in dream world, which is strange and scary and full of images that are completely outside of reality. A house flooding with water from one tap running or a dog transforming into a tiger and chasing you around or <laughs> losing all of your teeth out of your mouth repeatedly. Like, these are the kinds of things that people would call in and describe. And trying to process, like, these very strange and spooky images and then also the things they supposedly stood for, which were all not fully comprehensible to me because they're things like divorce and self-image and um you know like relationships with your adult children or loneliness rape and dreams is a metaphor for not treating someone fairly violating their boundaries violating their personal space i can imagine myself trying so hard to make sense of what i was hearing and maybe almost like denying just how unsettling it was 
but feeling that like disquietingness in my body for sure. There's also something about it that feels so claustrophobic. Like, even though, like, I was seeing more of human emotion than I'd ever seen, I think, it didn't feel like my world was expanding. It really was like, you know, lying in bed in the dark and not feeling like there was this vast expanse of sky around me, but feeling really like the darkness <laughs> of, of bedtime or of post-bedtime was like almost suffocating around me. I just wanted so badly to be part of that world and to like leave behind childhood. But seeing or like getting to hear how adults actually talked about themselves just made adulthood seem like such a slog and like <laughs> so unappealing because it revealed adults to be to have all the same questions that I had about the world and to be comforted by easy answers from some disembodied voice on the radio with an ease that I didn't feel that I had. And I think that that was particularly unsettling to me. The real meaning of the dreams is you love your dogs so much you don't want anything bad to happen to them. The very fact of Rachel hearing these things she knew she shouldn't be listening to in the darkness of her room late at night, cast an ominous cloud around all of it. To Rachel's child mind, not only were the dreams unsettling, but the dream doctor himself took on a sinister quality. That this person on the radio could elicit these secrets from people and give them an answer or an interpretation of them. One guy on the radio with all the answers to your problems felt a little spooky to me. It's a little bit like mystical, magical. I think there was like something about this guy that felt a little bit dangerous. <laughs> there was just something like a little too charismatic about him. There was something a little bit too easy about all of the interpretations he was giving. A little too self-assured about his tone. I think I had my suspicions that this guy was just, like, making all of this up. It felt like um, getting your palm read, or it felt like having your fortune told. And I didn't want to, like, fall for it, I think. But part of the fun of listening to it was getting to dwell in a version of reality where this guy did have all the answers and where he was a little bit of a fortune teller. Also, it felt like none of these people knew what they were doing. <laughs> that adults have problems, that people don't have it figured out. The disquieting thing for Rachel wasn't just that grown-ups didn't have everything figured out. It was also what it meant about growing up in general. I think around this time I was becoming aware that I would grow up, that like I wasn't going to be a kid forever. Your body starts changing or like your, your friendships change a little bit and girls in school can start being mean or the way that people interact with each other starts to feel more complicated and you don't know how that's going to feel and then at the same time I'm listening to all these like really um disquieting stories from people who are like far beyond that well into adulthood and I'm not sure which was scarier to me actually <laughs> At age 10, I mean, I was right on this, 
almost like this precipice of like, you can see what's on the horizon. All of these things about like tweenhood that are immediately uncomfortable and freaky and awful that are all part of growing up or we're starting to kind of rear their heads. And I think having little things like that happening at the same time as I was learning that people out there, adults out there, had these very complex, complicated, and disappointing inner lives, I think made those moments of like, oh, there's a change in my body, or there's a change in how people interact, and I know somehow these are related to what it means to grow up. It made those moments, I think, feel even more foreboding or freaky or scary in some ways. Of course, a big part of what made listening to the Dream Doctor scary to Rachel was what made it irresistibly enticing. In her mind, it was a secret forbidden window, and it led to a place where everything she knew about her child self and the world was called into question. It was overwhelming, but it was her mystery to solve. I only recently told my parents. Maybe I worried that if I were to say something to my mom, or if I were to even mention it, that she'd have like a true adult interpretation of it or understanding of it that would ruin it. It's like, once I let an actual adult into this, then I am a child within it. You've been listening to Nocturne. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne is produced by me and was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music. This episode was produced with Rachel Young. Thank you to George Oliva for granting permission to use clips from the Dream Doctor radio show featuring Charles McPhee. To find out more about the show and to hear clips, go to dreamdoctor.com. Nocturne is a proud member of Hub and Spoke Audio Collective, a group of smart, well-crafted, independent podcasts. One of those shows that's especially dear to me is Rumblestrip, produced by Erica Heilman. Rumblestrip tells extraordinary stories about ordinary life. Erica is an incredibly deep and compassionate listener, which comes through in the exquisite story she creates. She does that ineffable thing of finding the profound in the seemingly simple events of everyday life. I'm often moved to laughter or tears when I listen, and I'm not alone in this. She won a Peabody Award this year for the episode called Finn and the Bell. I loved that one, and Town Meeting is another favorite of mine. So if you haven't listened to Rumble Strip, go find it wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out all the other shows in Hub and Spoke at hubspokeaudio.org. Till next time, thanks for listening.